Hey, what's up, Zebras? This is a powerful episode, and um, you know, I don't even know really how to introduce it because you're going to have to listen to it to see what it's all about. This guy's name is Tommy Williams. Tommy's 14 years old. If you want to know more about Tommy, you can go to at Tommy Talks, P-A. If you're not from Pennsylvania, we always say our state name, just P-A. We don't say Pennsylvania. So find Tommy Talks, P-A. Um, he, like I said, he's 14. He's been through a lot. He's been through, uh, well, I'll let him tell the story. I'm not going to muddy it up with my words, but he went through a lot at a very young age, came out of that and decided he wants to be a spokesperson for kids, for people who have gone through things that he's gone through. He's super strong and he's, I'm sure he's listening to this right now. So Tommy, I've told you this in person. I'll tell you it again right now. You're a super strong dude. And I want to apologize to him. Number one, for taking a while to get his podcast uploaded. There was a lot of editing that I had to do to it. Cause it's kind of in, it's in pieces. Um, and he's, this is the coolest part, right? And I don't want to ramble too much. I'm just saying like, he's just getting started on his adventure, his journey in public speaking of telling his story. So I wanted to have him on this podcast so he could practice telling his story so he could practice getting his message out there. And he did an awesome job. His mom, Kelly also helped out a lot. I have to thank both of them tremendously for coming in here, for him having the guts to come in here and, and, and just to be the kid that he is because he's stronger than a lot of adults that I know including myself in that, all right? So make sure you check out Tommy's story. Check out Tommy Talks PA on Facebook. And just know in the future this kid's going to be doing big things. And I am very gracious that he blessed this podcast with his presence, his story, and his courage. So as I start this episode, uh, I'm going to start it with Tommy's statement. Um, So I'm just going to let him say what he usually says uh, when he's doing his speeches, when he's in, in front of people telling the story. And that's how we're going to start this podcast out. And I'm going to try as we go through the best that I can to put things together and to put things in perspective. And I, I'm just going to let you know right now, it's it's a graphic story. The point of the, the graphic nature of it is to grab you and impact you and and actually to let him vent on and let him release this uh, from, you know, holding him down in life and hopefully to help other people as well. So I'm done rambling. Let's start the show out. This is Rob Z Radio. My reason for coming out to talk to you and talk to you is to say I am a survivor of incest and sexually sexual assault. Please do not feel sorry for me. We as a community need to start talking about incest and rape with children. When I tell people I was raped by my half-brother, they gasp and say, I'm so sorry. I don't want pity. I want people to understand this happens and not to act ashamed for the victims because it wasn't our fault. And we should not have to have shame attached to incest. All shame should be attached to the perpetrator. Chet has stated he was never sexually abused he was allowed to view porn as much as he wanted. He said his abuse and rape and raped my cousins and me just to act out the things he watched. On March 8, 2016, my 13th birthday, I called and did my own child line to children and youth telling them about Chet and what he had done to me. The reason that it fell under caregiver rule is because he was 14, as old, 14 years old, and when he we would go outside, he was told to watch us, so the adults had put the responsibility on him to care for us. We received a letter that results from my report was, were unfounded, which means 
there would be nothing done about it. My mom was furious, and she called people higher up in the Department of Human Ser Services at Bedford County and had them investigate the findings. And when they were unfounded, when they clearly should have been, meaning they found proof that it did happen. As a result, my mom was contacted on July 22, 2016, informing her that there was a mistake because it was determined that the country, county, had misinterpreted the definition of a caregiver in regards to the alleged perpetrator. The result in the investigation being determined to be unfounded. Once the reports suspected abuse had been unfounded, they de determined the determination cannot be changed unless new information now already investigated has been reported. In the investigation regarding our case, no new evidence existed, but they did say that they were, were basically going to re retrain the Bedford County children and youth on regards to complications regarding the definition of a caretaker per the Child Protective Services Law. They were basically telling us they weren't able to help me, but they would well help future kids because the failures in my case brought to light the mistakes they had made. So although I still struggle with the way my case was handled, I do know I have and will continue to help others, other incest victims by talking to people like you about it. So this is all part of Tommy's statement whenever he talks to people about this. Uh, he, he gives these statements. He has it written up so that he doesn't get lost or sidetracked uh, with trying to go through the story, which I imagine would be very difficult to, to not get sidetracked and not get lost in it. Um, so I, I guess a part of this, while I was talking to him, just wondering, like, number one, how, how difficult it must have been to first tell all of this, but now I wonder, you know, how does it make him feel that he's able to talk about all of this openly, say the words. And saying the words is the hardest part, just having the ability to do that. And how does that affect his life? How does that impact his life? Um, it makes me feel better, and it's like one of the ways I have found to cope, just speaking about it. Mm -hmm. I guess it, like, helps, but it will always stay with me. Yeah. Because, like, certain things would, like, I don't know, like, trigger I knew that I had struggles, and I was afraid, and I thought that if I spoke out about it, other kids would relate, and they'd speak up, and just knowing that I could help kids mm -hmm. was, like, really meaningful. That's the scariest part, dude, right? I mean, you don't want to say these things, right? It, it, at first, it's like... Uncomfortable. <clears throat> yeah. Like, how am I going to get this out? But you knew you had to. Like, did anybody know before you told anybody? Like, how did... How did that all come about? I was at um drama club, and I just closed to my brother's one friend. And I guess he told my dad about what I said, and my dad and that talked to me about it. That's basically how it all like started. Was this while it was still happening? That you yes. You said about it? Yes. He was nine years old. He disclosed in January of 2013. You know, I, I don't know if you listening to this have kids or not. Um, for me personally, having a son listening to this, uh, it really, it really tears my heart apart. I mean, it really, it hurts, and it's very, it's difficult to hear. And I guess that's why a lot of people don't even want to talk about it, or don't even want to pretend that it's real. Um, but Tommy's like a pioneer. This is—it's amazing that he came in and that he did this podcast with me. 
and I also got into the discussion of how this has helped other kids. Like, how has he used this to raise other kids up and to, you know, either help them cope with the abuse that they've been through or just uh, really anything that they've been through in their life. He's like a, a beacon of hope and a beacon of, like, courage for these kids. So we got into a little bit of that as well. Whenever I was um, in sixth grade, that's whenever it really started. There was a kid, he was saying stuff about him de- detention and stuff, and he said about killing himself, and I told him about my story. And he came over and gave me a hug, and it made me feel good. So I started, like, seeing about getting started with other stuff. Mm-hmm. First, I went to... um. Penn State to give a speech at a criminology class with um, the professor's name was Rob Wall. The classes get like bigger and bigger every time. So he's bringing in like students from different classes are coming in just to hear the story to hear what you're doing. Yeah, that that's awesome. So when you when you first started doing that, what was your inspiration or what made you want to tell the story? Because a lot of people don't tell the story. Even if they never tell it, they don't tell it until years later in life. But you decided, let's do it now. I think that like the sooner you get it out, and since I'm a kid, other kids can relate. Mm-hmm. So maybe this would give them the extra push and give them strength and courage to speak up for themselves. Yeah. The power of that. I hope you can feel the power of, 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 of Tommy being able to own this. And being able to talk about it, it's a beautiful thing. And I can't imagine the people, the kids, the adults that are going to be helped, saved, you know, lives changed because of his ability to do this, hopefully enabling them to be able to do it. So this next part of the story is uh, Tommy's statement that he read uh, in the courtroom. Now, Tommy, this is crazy, was actually told that he could not read his own personal statement And they actually, Kelly and uh, his family, had to fight for Tommy to be allowed to read his statement in front of the law. Now, when they finally said that he could do it, his mom, Kelly, was thrown out of the courthouse in Bedford, and Tommy was placed in front of Chet to read his statement with no support. So imagine that, like the perpetrator, Tommy's there and has to read this without his mom there to support him in front of Chet. It's it's, it's craziness. Uh... So he was scared. He was too scared to read it. Uh, Chet was being released for what he had done to Tommy, and this was Tommy's chance to tell Chet what the impact of his crime had uh, caused Tommy, which is, you know, nuts. So this was, uh, this was Tommy's opportunity right here. This is the audio. This is um, him reading his exact statement that was presented to the court that uh, helped him to finally get this all uh, confirmed in the in the eye of the, in the eye of the law. Now, I would like to read my statement to you. Dear your honor, my name is Thomas Owen Williams. I am 11 years old and a victim of sexual assault and rape by my half-brother, John Chester Williams III. It started at the age of 8, and I should have been able to trust him. Before he started to hurt me, I looked up to him. When Chet was raping me and sexually abusing me, it hurt my heart so bad. I thought no one cared about me, and I just wanted to die and kill myself. I felt scared after I told what Chet was doing to me. I do not want to feel that pain that he put me through ever again. 
and I don't want it to happen to all four of us again. I don't think it is fair that Chad's getting out, and I don't understand why, because he sexually abused me and raped me and my cousins for like two years. He has only been getting help for one year and two months, and I think he should get more help because we have to keep that weight on us for like 70 years or more. And there's four of us being sexually assaulted and raped by him. You can get more time for robbing a house and stealing all of the stuff. But you can get all your stuff back. But being sexually assaulted and raped will never go away. This took my dignity from me. This is why I think you should consider having Chet stay in placement to make sure he is better and no one else will have to go through the pain the four of us went through. The four of us are dealing with. Chet was released and adjudicated on three counts of rape. Later that afternoon, Chet was placed on Juvenile Megan's Law. He was on that for six months before it was repealed. Chet was home for 13 months before his probation was revoked for stealing his mom and stepdad's credit card. Unsupervised use of the internet and not doing all of the community service hours, Chet stated to staff members at the placement facility that he has still has sexual urges towards little kids. Chet was in a level 5 secure treatment facility for juvenile sex offenders. He was released from the level 5 secure facility in the summer of 2017 and placed in a less restrictive facility in Blair County, less than 5 miles away from my house. I would like to see Chet make it onto Megan's Law. Hopefully Act 21 works out for us. Chet will be 20 in February. He had 4 felonies for sex crimes by the time he was 16. If you have any questions about court things, ask my mom. So here it is, almost five years later, and I still have not been able to convince some of the people in my dad's family that this is wrong, and it should have not happened. And you know, with that, that helped get everything pushed through. It helped that that statement right there, along with the help of Tommy's mom, Kelly, you know, many blessings to her as well for having the courage and having the the willpower and obviously if this is your son if it's a family member you know i think like you're going to stand up at some point and think like there's no way he's making all this up there's no way it's that detailed and she stood by him he gave that statement and everything worked for him so you know if you're wondering why the names are thrown into this podcast the names are in there well it's all part of the story that tommy's telling and right now uh, I saved this part for the end because it's the most graphic part of the story. This is this is the, the speech that he gives when he when he gives this speech. He he tells people this, and it's it's probably the most impactful part. And me hearing it was um, in, incredibly impactful to me. And once again, Tommy, like you are the man. Your bravery, your courage is unbelievable. I I love it, dude. So uh, I'm gonna play this part for you. Also, I do want to mention real quick that uh, Tommy's dad does believe Tommy now. It was said before that uh, his dad didn't believe him that any of this happened. Um, and as hard as that probably was at the time, luckily now, uh, his dad does believe him. And, uh, you know, that is a, a big a big step, I imagine, in just having the people close to you believe you and understand the impact of, of a situation like this, which it might be hard to believe somebody at a certain point in time because you don't want to believe you let it happen. Uh, so that's that's just some good news that the message has been, got, has been received from his dad and uh, maybe is a, another small form of 
uh, closure to, to the whole saga and uh, just understand how amazing he is for telling this story. Hello, my name is Tommy. I am 14 years old. and I'm a survivor of incest and sexual assault. My half-brother was my abuser. His name is John Chester Williams III, but everyone calls him Chet. Whenever, when I was eight years old, our dad would take my brothers and me to Chet's house to spend time with Chet and our sister. Chet was 13. I would go into his room to watch him play on his PSP. He would also let me play it. I thought he was my cool older brother. I really looked up to him. Then one day, Chet put a movie on his PSP. It was porn. This was the first time I have ever seen porn. Then Chet forced me to perform oral on him. I was upset and scared. I told Chet I was going to tell our dad. And Chet said, if you do, I will kill you. So imagine being 8 years old and your 13-year-old brother forcing you to do this. Then he tells you if you tell, he would kill you. I was scared to tell anyone. Shortly after, when we went to see him again, he forced me to give him oral again. But this time would also be the first time he would rape me. Imagine being 8 years old and not being able to tell anyone what is going on, because Chet would kill me. This made me depressed all the time. I would start to distance myself from my, everyone. If my other brothers would play with me, I'd get scared that they were going to hurt me also, so I would act out aggressively. The fear and stress from the rapes and abuse started to cause me to wet the bed. Wetting the bed is a common sign of sexual assault, and I would also have nightmares. This went on a couple of times at Chet House. When I was around nine years old, the depression got worse. I wanted to kill myself. I thought no one loved me because they could not save me from Chet. A little while later, a few months probably, I was up at my grams and I caught Chet. Ha Chet was my cousin. Chet was forcing her to have sex with him. This was happening in a clubhouse that we all built. Again, we both could not say anything because Chet would kill us. A couple months after that, he started raping my other cousin. I walked into the bedroom of my gr grandmother's house and found Chet having sex with her. So imagine three kids under the age of 10 being told that we would be killed if we told anyone. Chet started to sexually abuse and rape all us all after this. And all three of us were scared to tell. Chet would force the three of us victims to engage in sex acts with each other and also on him. This would let Chet, I would let Chet do things to me to protect my two cousins from hurting them. As a victim, you try and find ways to cope with what is going on so you can get through it. One of the ways I would get through the rapes was by putting Chet's penis in my thighs and squeezing it so tight to make him think he was penetrating my anus. Chet would do these things on our grandparents' property and in the trailer. This went on from the time I was eight until right before my 10th birthday. In January 2013, I finally got the courage to disclose one day at Drama Club. I told Chet's one friend that Chet was making me give him oral. When Chet's friend told my dad, my dad didn't believe me. Our dad talked to Chet, and he believed him, not me. Everyone around me believed Chet, not me. That made me feel like a piece of trash. My family didn't believe me that this all happened to me. Most of them still don't believe it or choose to support Chet through everything. I ha 
have had family actually blame me for what happened. My dad called my mom and asked her what was going on. He told her that I was lying and not to worry about it. Mom asked to speak to me. I got on the phone and mom asked me what was going on. I told her that Chet made me suck his penis and he had and he was doing stuff to my butt. My mom said, I believe you, baby, and I love you. My mom and dad argued back and forth for a while about what to do. The next day, my mom finally talked to my dad into taking me to the hospital to get a rape exam done. Thanks for reading that. Tommy, thank you. Kelly, thank you for coming in here. And, um, you know, man, like I said a little bit ago, I think the best thing you could do if you want to continue this crusade and like continue to, to, do, to speak out, keep doing stuff like this, like practice it. You know, practice in front of a, a camera, practice into a microphone. Because, number one, dude, and I, I tell this to, to college kids or high school kids or anybody that I, I work with, like in job shadowing, the best skill you can possibly have in life is the ability to speak what's in your mind, just to get thoughts out and, and have them recorded, either audio or video. Uh, a lot of people are scared of that. It's one of the hardest things for people to do. So to have that skill is awesome, and you're 14, like you're just you're you're just getting rolling, you know. The second part of it is to be able to be that person who speaks out about these sorts of things, to be able to say these things when nobody else wants to say them or can say them, because you said it's hard sometimes to even get the words out of your mouth. It's so powerful, it's so impactful for so many people to hear the story, to believe the story, to understand that it's real, that that actually does happen. Because I think sometimes it's even hard to believe. Obviously, with your family, didn't even want to believe it. So, uh, moving forward, man, practice, and not you don't have to talk about this all the time, but just talk, just it, be inspiring, you know, whatever you, whatever comes to you that you feel like is an inspiring message for kids, for people in your situation, even if it doesn't deal with this situation, if it just deals with life in general, I think it'd be really powerful for you to do that and practice that, and and I'd be happy to help you along the way if you needed help, like finding your voice, figuring out what it is that you want to talk about, figuring out what it is that you want to do. I'd love to help you, man, because I think that there, you've a lot of, you've a lot to say, you've a lot of potential and you're already like miles ahead of where other people are and at your age or even older ages. And I really commend you big time for, for coming in here, doing this, for doing everything you've done so far. And I've, I have a feeling you're just getting started, right? Like this is just the, the beginning of where you want to go. Um, if they want to find you guys online, so Facebook's the, the uh, Tommy Talks, T O M M Y. Well, it's Tommy Talks P A. You can find the page on Facebook. Yeah, at Tommy Talks P A. At Tommy Talks P A. Uh, Kelly, thank you for coming in and and helping tell the story and for what, everything that you did because I mean you had a big part in this too, and it, the fighting part of just having people here. I I got my strength from Tom, and. I just wanted to make sure, as a parent, there was no way that a child that I could think that a child would make any of this up. Right. It was just, it was too much for it to be a lie to me. To deny it is much easier than to face what's actually going on. And it's not because we want to. We want to. It's just, it's so scary. Yeah. Anything else you want to say, man? Anything else you want to throw in at the end of this? Um, yeah. If this is happening and... You don't feel like you're scared. Just know that it's going to be hard, but whenever it's all over, it's 
a lot of stress off your back and you can start getting out in life and not worry about these things or if you're gonna go home and something else is gonna happen or you're scared to be around other people I joined the wrestling team and I wrestle now and that's like a really big step because that involves a lot of stuff that like would probably freak a lot of people out who had this done to them mm-hmm. no matter what people will believe you even if you think they won't your abuser is telling that stuff to you to just get inside your head but you don't have to be scared people will believe so you should disclose and tell i personally as far as stress levels go physical activity is one of the biggest things you can do to relieve stress uh you know meditation obviously is another one but i I think that starting off where you're at right now physical activity just getting that out probably helps tremendously i mean just to get the just just the stress reliever of whatever's going on in the day so i I think that's an awesome start and like i said anytime you ever need anything if you want to help if you need help moving forward with this or you need help uh getting a channel started how what to talk about in a microphone or 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 what anything let me know please reach out to me i'd be glad to help you out could i also add in something else oh yeah go ahead um also another way that like i cope with all this is i think of a bible verse it's second timothy 1 7 for god hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of sound mind that also helps me like speak at penn state and stuff or anywhere what does that verse mean to you it means that no matter what, whenever you have fear, God will protect you, and he loves you no matter what, and he'll help you cope and make your body at ease. You know, using this as your message to other people, like, it's terrible that it happened to you, but also it's your, it, it can be your, your message that you can take to the world, like making your mess your message kind of thing. Like something bad happened to you, you use that as your platform for no, others. No matter what, someone loves you. Absolutely, man. Thanks for coming in today, guys. Uh, so there you have it. Wow. I don't even know how to how to finish a podcast like that. That's why, The reason I didn't put any sponsors on this podcast was because it, it feels like a standalone episode that it, it needs to have its own, you know, it doesn't need anything else behind it. It's powerful. It's impactful. It's intense. It's deep. It's a lot, right? It's a lot. But he's been through a lot, and he's going to be doing a lot on this earth. You know, sometimes, and I say like the make your mess your message kind of thing, sometimes God sets things up in your life to make you the messenger, you know? To make you the one who goes and tells the story to others. I think Tommy's that dude. I think that really is what he's sent here to do, and it's terrible. to You never want anybody to go through anything, let alone the horrible things that he went through. But the reason might be is because he was sent here on a mission. And I I do believe that. And, you know, he's linked up with Refuge Youth Network, Micah Marshall and Ryan Alden. They've been on two of my podcasts. Go back and listen to the two Refuge Youth Network podcasts because they are about helping teenagers, helping them with the help of Jesus and God and faith. And God bless them because they helped Tommy along the way. They helped him become the man that he is right now. It's a a beautiful thing and I, I can't say that enough on this podcast so if you enjoyed this please reach out to me Facebook Instagram Rob Z Radio Twitter Snapchat is Rob Z Yo and you can always find him at Tommy Talks P-A-T-O-M-M-Y Talks P 
PA, Tommy, Kelly, thank you so much. One of my favorite episodes ever. Bless. <laughs> That's brutal.